Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life, and I'm joined today by our Editorial Director, Sarah Kingsbury, which uh, she used to co-host the podcast with David and I, so I'm so, with me and David, so I'm so excited to have her here. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here, too. It's been a long time. I mean, Don and I talk all the time, but it's been a long time <laughs> since I got to do this with you. It's been probably years. Uh, I think I don't know so which is wild, but um, but yeah, so happy to have an excuse to chat with you for the next hour and to hear all about the Consumer Electronics Show for 2024. Sarah represented iPhone Life and went and hit the show floor all of last week, night events too, to find the coolest new tech for Apple enthusiasts. So she's gonna be getting into all that with us in the next hour. Um, do you have any just kind of starter points you want to make about what CES is all about for people who aren't already familiar? Yeah, so the CES is basically, I mean, there's a few components, like it's a conference. So there's lots of like, you know, keynote addresses and like sessions where they talk about the latest like things like AI currently is a big thing, you know, in tech. Um, and then there's also exhibitors from all over the world coming to show, you know, all the, the media and other industry people, buyers, everyone, what new and exciting products they have. And then one really cool component that unfortunately I don't get to experience quite as much um, is, you know, the bigger companies, you know, like Samsung or Google or any of those people come and they have these wild booths with like, not just like what they're bringing to market, but also sometimes some of their more experimental things. And so that's a really fun part of it too. And so it's just basically a giant party slash conference slash trade show for everyone who loves tech. And it is in Las Vegas. So Correct. yes, Sarah lives there. <laughs> so uh, for all of you listening at home, if you're curious about what's the like latest and coolest stuff from CES, we're going to talk about that a bit from self-driving cars to artificial intelligence. And mainly though, we're going to go over all of the award winners that Sarah picked out for our iPhone Life Best of CES 2024 awards. And those go to products that are tailored towards Apple device users. So that narrows it down a little bit. There's lots of roundups up there of cool tech out there, but right. we're really finding things for all of you Apple enthusiasts that you know we think could be useful and um, great for you as soon as right now, because a lot of them are available actually on the market right now. Because if you didn't have some kind of criteria like that, it would be impossible to put together a list of like we did, because there's just anything you could think of in the tech world is there. And a lot of things you couldn't have thought of. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll definitely have to spend a little time talking about the strangest things you saw as well. So, um, but before we really dive into our main topic, let's go through our usual segments for the iPhone Life podcast. I wanted to start out by uh, giving you a message from our sponsor. This episode of the iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by iMazing. iMazing is the world's most trusted software to transfer and save your messages, music, files, and data from your iPhone or iPad to your Mac or PC. It's a great and easy way to save and transfer your photos and videos without having to use iTunes or iCloud, which can be really confusing. 
You can archive, print, and export all of your text messages, SMS, or iMessage, complete with metadata, so you can preserve those messages, whether it be for sentimental or legal reasons. It's a great way to do that. You can also use it to freely transfer your media files from an iOS device to a computer and back. It's an easier interface to use than something like iTunes. It's also a great way to back up your devices. If you want to save a backup to a hard drive, for instance, it's an awesome tool for that. You can download iMazing to your PC or Mac at their website, iMazing.com. That's I-M-A-Z-I-N-G.com. iMazing is currently offering 30% off to the iPhone Life audience. You can get your 30% off discount by going to iMazing.com slash iPhone Life. Go check it out. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by Zugu. Zugu makes, in my opinion, the best iPad case on the market. I've tried out a bunch and Zugu is my favorite. It's got all kinds of articulation so you can set it on a table or on your lap and always adjust it to the perfect angle. It's also a super protective case, so it's going to protect your device from drops. And they even guarantee this. They will cover the costs of Apple Care repairs if your device is damaged while it's in a Zugu case. I also think it looks really sharp, and they've got a bunch of stylish color options to choose from. My favorite feature, though, is the case is magnetic, so you can stick it on the fridge for out-of-the-way storage, or you can stick it right up there and stream a movie or refer to a recipe while you're in the kitchen cooking. I use it this way all the time. Find out why they've got over 75,000 five-star reviews. Get your Zugu case today at ZuguCase.com. That's Z-U-G-U-Case.com. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by CaseBuddy. CaseBuddy makes travel cases and accessories for your tech, and they have some really cool products tailored to Apple devices. They make ear loops for your AirPods so that they won't fall out. There's nothing worse than an AirPod falling out. You can't find it. CaseBuddy also makes sturdy travel cases for your chargers and your cables so they're safe when you're on the go. They also make a product which has been really popular with our audience called the Crossbody Lanyard. It's a strap that goes over your shoulder and connects to your iPhone. This is perfect for those situations where you want to keep your device close at hand, but don't necessarily want to be holding it. You can check out all of Case Buddy's gear by going to their website, gobuddy.com. That's G-O-B-U-D-I.com. You can also find them on Amazon by searching Case Buddy, C-A-S-E-B-U-D-I. I also wanted to take a moment to tell you about iPhone Life's free tip of the day newsletter. We've been doing this for years now. Sarah was actually our original daily tip writer, um, and I believe it was your idea. And we now have over 600,000 people who read our daily tip every day. Um, so we send you something cool you can do with one of your Apple devices, primarily your iPhone, um, in under a minute. And so we email that to you every day, and it's just a really quick and easy way to familiarize yourself with all of the many capabilities of our devices that might otherwise go unnoticed. Uh, it's iphonelife.com slash daily tip. I recommend you all go sign up and uh, I prefer to read my daily tip over morning coffee. It's a great way just to learn a little something before you head about your day. 
And I have a tip this week I wanted to share with all of you that is one that I have been obsessed with using ever since I discovered it. And that's universal clipboard. Do you use oh, I love it. Universal yeah. I use it constantly. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't really have the most alluring sounding name. Uh, it took me a while to connect like the name with what it actually is, but it lets you copy and paste stuff between your Apple devices. And all you have to do is just hit copy, go to your other device, hit, hit paste. And so it's just one of those features that feels like magic. Um, you do need to have devices that are some of the more recent ones in order for this to work. And you also have to have handoff enabled on your devices. So we've got a whole article in the show notes that will go over specifications to make sure you have the right operating system on your Mac, iPad, and iPhone. Um, so go to iphonelife.com slash podcast for that. But I'll tell you the basics. You just go on your iPhone to settings, general, let me make sure I get this right. Settings, general, airplane, handoff, and make sure you have handoff toggled on. And that's going to be a similar uh, setting on your Mac as well. And then from there, you just copy and paste away. And I use this everything for, I use this for everything from passwords to photos, even you can use it for, or just like usually it's a segment of text if I'm working on an article on my iPhone and want to switch over to my Mac. It just makes it really convenient. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it wasn't working for me last week and then I had to update my phone and it was the most frustrating week. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I used it until I couldn't. Um, it's once you start using it, I think it will become a really like important part of what you do with your phone and your Mac. Yeah, it definitely is one of my favorite parts of this job that all those little hidden features that you didn't know that you couldn't live without. Like we, we usually do know them and learn about them early and, and it's fun to, to pass them on. So you'll have to let us know how you all like it. You can always email us at podcast at iphonelife.com. Next up, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our premium subscription. It's called iPhone Life Insider. We have this amazing thriving community of over 17,000 Apple enthusiasts who are part of this premium membership. And it's all about helping you get the most out of your Apple devices. So at iPhone Life, we have a team of over 20 tech enthusiasts and Apple heads who are all here to help you learn about your devices in fun and interesting ways. We have live courses running every month. So we now have these Wednesday and Thursday sessions going every week on different topics, um, topics that rotate monthly. We have a digital magazine that you get a subscription to, including our full archive. You get the daily tip plus a video tutorial that goes along with it. So you can watch along over your morning coffee. Um, and we also have um, a private Facebook community called Ask an Expert Community, where our team moderates and answers questions for you. And also fellow insiders can chime in and help you as well. Um, so there's a lot to offer. If you want to join Insider, you get 30% off just for being a podcast listener. So you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and uh, make sure to check the box for an extra 10% off for a total of 40% off if you're a senior veteran service personnel teacher or student. And actually, I did want to let all of you know that we're about to start our camera course, our annual camera course. 
our uh, professional photographers in our team, including Colin Thomas and Rayanne Taylor, are leading this course. Colin's going to be doing all of the live sessions. I'll be co-teaching and learning along with all the rest of you because I am not a professional photographer. So I'll be making sure to look out for all of the questions, all of the seemingly too dumb questions that probably a lot of others at home might be also wondering. And Rayanne Taylor has been um, an amazing photographer on our team for almost 10 years. And she's put together a photo challenge where every week she's going to have prompts and you can post your pictures and come back and get feedback from her. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to join at iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. All right. So next up, I did want to share a question from our private Facebook group. It's been a lot of fun since we launched it. Um, uh, over almost 2000 of our insiders have joined and are asking great questions. And this one I included, Sarah, because you are a, a reader and an audiobook lover. And so I thought you would have some thoughts on this. Jean wrote in and said, is there a way to set a timer to stop audiobooks from playing after a certain amount of time? Often I fall asleep while listening. Thanks, community. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, it's called a sleep timer. Um, I'm not sure how to set it in audiobooks, but um, so, but I know we have an article about it. Uh, if I realized this is a question, I probably would have gone and found it. Um, I so. it's okay. You don't have step by step. I, I on Audible, if you go and play a book. Um, it, there will be just an icon at the bottom that says timer. So I knew that. So I had a backup answer for Audible. I don't know as much how that works for the books app. Um, and there, Libby is the library connected audiobook player. And I did see that a fellow insider wrote back saying that both of those have a sleep timer function. Right. Okay. I figured it out. Though. I looked at my phone. While you were <laughs> so if you don't have Libby or another app that has the sleep timer function, I think the podcast app, the Apple podcast app also does. You can go into timer and, um, you know, set, choose the time and all of that. And then after you set the time tap when timer ends, and scroll down to the bottom, it'll have like this list of noises it could make and tap stop playing. And so then, you know, if you're like, I want to listen to the audiobook for half an hour before I fall asleep, after half an hour, the audiobook will turn off and then you won't wake up and realize you've missed like five chapters. Do you use this feature much? Um, not really. Uh, sometimes. Um, but I don't really fall asleep to, to sounds, but I have reason my, my daughter listens to podcasts to fall asleep. And, uh, they, she used to live in a studio apartment and when they, uh, would have people stay with them, uh, their guests would get a little upset, um, at the mm -hmm. podcast listening that would go on all night. <laughs> so, um, I had to teach them how to do this. So. It's very, no. it's very helpful. Um, very helpful. I've only recently discovered it and it's been, uh, for me, it's been really a great way to fall asleep. Like reading I knew was a good way, but I've been more into audiobooks lately and I don't always have both the, the text and audio version. So just setting that for like 20 minutes and yeah. dozing off has been really nice. When I do listen to music, like some sort of sleep sounds to fall asleep, what I find happens if I don't use this timer is at like three in the morning, I suddenly get woken up by the sleep sounds. So, <laughs> which is counterproductive. So it's definitely, yeah. 
there's been some like sleep music that I was listening to on YouTube, which is the worst because I don't have YouTube premium. So then it'll suddenly be interrupted by like a really loud ad at the end of the song, which is like the last thing you need when trying to go to bed. So, um, so yeah, sleep timer is awesome. And our Facebook group has been really great for finding answers or discovering new features like that. For our news section this time around, I wanted to bring up some pretty exciting news. We've been talking about Apple's mixed reality headset called Vision Pro since they announced it in 2023, uh, but it was really just sort of a, an announcement. This is something that will be happening at some point. Well, as of last week, Apple has announced that Vision Pro is going to be available starting February 2nd, and you can pre-order it, order it starting January 19th. So... At iPhone Life, we've decided we're ordering one for the office. I'm really excited to get some hands-on time with it. And I wanted to hear from you, Sarah, um, about CES and if people were talking about this, because this is potentially a really groundbreaking device. People were definitely talking about it. Um, you know, Apple hasn't been at the show for many, many, many years, but they're always kind of there. And people are either, you know, have their own products or accessories for Apple devices, or they have competitors for Apple devices. And there was a lot of AR stuff there, including um, an item that's on our best of list. And, and a lot of, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at um, mixed reality headsets or AR headsets, but there were a lot of them there, you know. Um, so people were really, you know, they were talking about it, they were asking me about it. Um, so it was part of the show without even being there. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about it because uh, from trips to CES in the past, all of the virtual reality headsets really felt like they're focused on gaming, which is much more niche. Not everyone's a gamer, but with the Vision Pro, they're really trying to make it more of an everyday device and the 3D video um, and sort of like the having a, a workspace sort of in front of you superimposed on the real world seems like they're really trying to make it apply to the everyday person in a way that could potentially really appeal to me because I'm also not a gamer. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what it's like actually using the vision pro and testing it out. Yeah, I am too. I think it will be a really cool experience. Um, yeah. And I like that. It sounds like the Vision Pro will really work for people who want to use it for productivity things and also people who are excited about more entertainment stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm sure we'll be doing an episode either February or March as soon as we get some hands-on time with it where we'll let you all know what we think. So at long last, let's talk about CES. Yay. <laughs> what was Overall, what was it like this year? I'm laughing a little bit just because Sarah and I have been to CES a few times together now, and it's always a combination of being fun and then utter mayhem. Yeah, so this year was interesting because um, one thing I heard a lot from attendees and exhibitors was like, this is the first time since the pandemic started that it really felt like, you know, the old CES with like all the competitors, all the exhibitors, all the attendees there. Um, and you know, and that there was just this energy there that like had been missing. And in a lot of exhibitors I spoke to said this was their first time back. And it was, you know, iPhone Life's first time back in person as well. Um, yeah. It had, for a while it was online. Um, and the virtual so, rooms, having done that a couple years, was really not the same. It was a lot harder. No, not at all. 
in terms of getting a demo of a new product, if you're just getting you're in some sort of shuffled into a Zoom room and you can't even really see the product that well, it's been hard to really get a feel for what the latest tech is. Yeah. And then, you know, it just felt a little bit like, I guess a lot of people who work in the convention industry in Las Vegas during the pandemic clearly had to find other jobs. And so there's also a sense of it was the same, but it was also like everything was being figured out all over again, because I think they have a lot of new people involved. Um, And so some things felt really normal and then some things you'd be like, huh. Um, But, you know, mostly it felt like the good old days of CES and it's always really fun and overwhelming to walk around the show floor. You know, um, there's the central hall of the convention center where you have all of kind of the big people. Um, and then there's, you know, like smaller exhibitors around the edges and then there's other halls in the convention center. And then there's a whole wild setup at the Venetian in their expo um, center where, you know, they just, it's, you know, every day after the show, I would kind of go home and have to just kind of like lie in bed and like just recover from just the sensory overload of it all. Um, Yeah, but it was really fun. It was, you know, it's always fun to walk around and just see the cool things that people have come up with or just the crazy displays. Like um, there was one display that was from a company that makes like faucets and stuff like that. And they Mm -hmm. had taken all of their like shower heads and things like that and kind of made this like beautiful water feature out of it. And like, that's kind of a, I mean, like I'd never seen that particular thing before, but that's kind of like typical of CES. Like people just really go all out getting kind of creative or like building these little kind of sets, like so that their smart lawn mowers can mow, mow a lawn right in front of you. Or, um, or, or actually one of our award winners had probably the most obnoxious, uh, booth that I've ever been into in CES, they kind of set it up as this like weird breaking news experience. And you had to like go through this whole like tunnel and like there were, it's, it was for a pillow. So there was just like a part where they made us like throw pillows into like a little basket <laughs> to be like, no more of these pillows. It was just very like, you know, I, I put up with it because I was very interested in the product, but like people really go all out and it's really fun um, too and sometimes obnoxious to uh, experience all of those things. I guess like to me, while that seems so kind of extraneous to the actual product, it made you remember the pillow. So (laughs) some points on memorability. Yes. Yes. I will remember that uh, that for a while. (laughs) So um, from our insider Facebook group, we asked what people are excited to hear about. We heard a lot of people, 34% responded smart homes. We also had a good amount of interest in artificial intelligence and health and fitness gear. And then some, even some people commenting, asking about self-driving cars. Um, Do you, did you see any, any big trends in those areas or anything interesting specifically? I did feel like there were a lot more like smart health things like exercise equipment, things to kind of, you know, check your golf swing or your, you know, bat swing or things like that than I had seen in previous years. And and same with smart home stuff. I mean, it, it was pretty like ubiquitous. It was everywhere. And AI is in everything. Like if you have something that's, you know, like from your smart, your robot vacuum to 
you know, just your air fryer. It's going to use AI to like kind of adjust and learn about what you're doing and then like do it better. Um, so that was just interesting because when I think about AI, probably just because, you know, we're in publishing, I think about like chat GPT and like using AI to write articles, but it's really just in, in everything now. And, and I think that's really cool because then these devices really become customized for your home and like the way you live your life. And that's, that's pretty cool. So on, on that note, a lot of the award winners you picked out are using AI, right? Um, I'd have to go look at the list again. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Roborock S8 VMAX. Um, That's one and, of the Roborock. Right. right. And the Sennheiser Momentum True Wireless for um, earbuds. Like, they're using AI to really identify your voice and, um, you know, clarify it so that whoever's listening to you can separate it from the background noise and really understand you more clearly. Um, so things like that. One thing that was interesting is that, you know, I was at the LG um, booth and which was a really, they were really great and they gave me a tour and she was telling me about um, their smart home, you know, and how you could talk to it and it would, rec or your television and it would recognize your voice or your children's voice and there, and then would put the, um, parental controls on, which I thought was great, but I had to ask because I feel like so many people I know have had this experience. As far as both Google Home and Siri are concerned, everyone is actually my partner. Like <laughs> Google thinks I'm my partner. Siri even thinks wow. I'm my partner. Like, you know, like voice recognition sounds great, but in practice it doesn't really work. And so I had to ask her like, okay, but what happens in this case? And then she was sort of like, well, you know, we're working on it. So it's, it's not just, it's a pretty common issue. I think like it sounds really great. The possibilities are really great when it works. It's really great. But then sometimes it's not great at detecting voices. And I, yeah. I sound a lot like my kids and I can't imagine how frustrating it'd be to try and watch a show and be told parental controls aren't going to let me, you know, I know all this stuff is so like the devils and the details. I actually just ordered a couple of HomePod minis to be able to control smart home um, in, you know, without my iPhone. And I'm excited about that, but I've had the same thing where um, recognizing different voices, even with the HomePod hasn't worked that well for me. And it's adding things to like the wrong reminders list on the wrong, you know, person's phone and stuff like that. Um, have you had issues with Siri in that way as well? Or maybe Yeah, just and it's the thing that really blows my mind is it's one thing if it's like mistaking me for my daughter, we do sound a lot alike and we're, you know, but my partner is a male, right? And it's yeah. like, and we do not sound alike. We're not even, you know, we have different accents because we're from different parts of the country. And, and so it's, it's yeah. really frustrating. So if I called you and Craig picked up, your partner picked up and was like, said that they were Sarah, I would not, right? <laughs> I would not hold. So let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. But um, speaking of LG, I saw online pictures of their really 
wild looking like translucent TV. Yes. It's, I definitely wanted to talk about that because, yeah. you know, at CES it's so huge and there's so many exhibitors and I really have to focus on finding the products that I think our listeners and our readers will be excited about. Like, yeah. well, not just excited about, but also will apply to them as Apple users. Yeah. Um, so I don't have as much time to go to places like LG's booth and just check everything out. But I did, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a tour of that booth and those TVs were so cool. Um, I think the smallest size they come in is like over 70 inches. So this is like a really serious TV. Um, but it is really cool to, you could have a television that like can be a window most of the time, you know, like I know some people have their TV on all the time, but like for a lot of us, it, it's just this huge black, you know, rectangle hanging on our walls. And yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting to think that it could be like a little more integrated into your, the sort of interior design of your home and, you know, like, and there's different ways. I think they, they hadn't figured out yet exactly how they were going to sell it in terms of with wall mounts or things like that, but they had it sort of incorporated into like a, a floor to ceiling shelf or, you know, like on a tea stand. And so, or as part of a wall. And then, you know, when it wasn't to have anything on the screen, like it was just, you could just see through it. And it was just like another sort of window in your home. And then, you know, obviously if you have something translucent, the light, you know, in the room is gonna kind of impact how well you can see the TV. So then there are things like, um, you know, like a light inside that could like turn on and make the TV more visible. Like I was surprised. I was like, how are you actually, how does this make sense to have a see-through TV? Yeah, um, but it actually just looks like a normal TV most of the time. I mean, you can have things where just maybe the subject, especially if it's a person, is like you can see them and then it's clear behind them. But you can also just be like watching a soccer game and like have the whole screen just look like a normal television. That's so cool. I want one. <laughs> I know. I was like, I have a teeny TV and I don't watch a lot of TV, but like this is making me like one one <laughs> anyway was there anything else like that that you were just you know before we get to the awards uh, if there's anything just kind of really crazy or cool or things that you think our listeners would want to hear about i mean a lot of the places we're doing like like obviously lg and samsung they're not like building their own cars but they are like building tech for cars and so they had like sort of these like car models that had, you know, like to show how their tech might work in a car, which was really cool. And, you know, like I said, I didn't get to spend too much time in a lot of the bigger booths. Um, but like, for instance, at the LG one, you know, she was showing me all these things like this might never come to market, but it's just people having fun in the lab and, you know, like this kind of crazy glamper RV that they had or, um, you know, just things like that, that are just kind of like, it's fun to see the creative side of tech because I think we think about yeah. tech as like more about the engineering of it or the science of it. And, but like, before you get to like the science and like engineering knowledge that like is required to make it happen, you have to like start with this just kind of like creative innovation, um, that I think is really exciting. 
Uh, a really like high tech glamper RV sounds really fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you've been camping with me, so you know that I'm a glamper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I feel like you would, that would be like the best, best thing ever for you. I know. We She's were, like, this probably, you know, like this isn't going to come yeah. to market or anything. It's just to show off like how our different tech would work in a situation. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the best of CES awards that we did, Tell us about the criteria that you created in order to pick out the best stuff. Well, first of all, we wanted it to be something that would be actually like relevant and useful to Apple users because that's kind of our wheelhouse. And, yeah. you know, second, it, I, I didn't want a lot of things that were just the same old, same old, you know, like there's lots of cables and chargers and headphones and cases and stuff and like some really nice stuff, you know, like I would recommend a lot of that stuff. Um, but we kind of see that all the time. And so I was, there is a little bit of that, but I was mostly looking for things that were like innovative and new and exciting as well as something that someone might actually want to, um, you know, use with their Apple products. Yeah. Innovative and useful for Apple device users. And also, you know, we were sending results from the poll for a lot of the insiders. Some of you might be listening. So I know you were also keeping an eye out for smart home and you know, health and fitness and all of that. Um, just because we know you, you were excited about that. So let's get in. Let's just, I've got our best of CES awards post. We just published. I'll also link to that in the show notes. Again, it's iphonelife.com slash podcast for the show notes. Uh, but first up, we have this really interesting looking remote um, external monitor. I don't even want to try to pronounce this. Zbeck. It's Zbeck Snap, which is uh, $549. It's available now. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So basically what it is, is it's, it's external monitors for your laptop, which means you can basically triple the amount of you know, screen space you have, display size, um, but in a really portable way, which, you know, I spent half of last year working remotely from a completely different city with just my laptop, and this would have been kind of life-changing. <laughs> so I was very excited about it. Um, so they, they snap onto your, uh, like a sort of attachment to your laptop, so you don't have to like plug them in. I think that the the center part plugs into your laptops and then it's passed through charging. So you don't have to have additional cables and plugs, That's which really is really great. Um, because again, if this is portable, the fewer cables you have to bring with you, the better. Um, and you can use them in, um, you know, landscape mode or a vertical orientation. Um, there's actually, although we didn't include it here, a, like an attachment for your iPhone as well. So you could have, you know, your iPhone up there, um, a MagSafe type charger. I don't know if it's actually MagSafe, um, but it's magnetic. So cool. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty, I was really excited about it. I think remote work is so common now that, you know, for anyone who has a job that's done mostly online and on computers. And I've seen a lot of like, you know, portable monitors but never ones that really just worked so well like this. And so I was really excited about it. Um, I think I saw these people at, I can't remember. I think it was, it might've been Pepcom. I don't know. There's a few like press only events and 
they tend to blur together because there's just so many <laughs> exhibitors. Yeah, there's Pepcom and Showstoppers are two evening events that are more like private, just the press is invited. And we found that a lot of times we find the coolest stuff there for our niche because um, like sometimes it is like more off the beaten path that you find um, cool stuff. And at these night events, the impression we got is that it might be a little more accessible for companies that aren't LG or the big, huge brands. Right. Or sometimes the big brands will have a sort of associated product that they want to kind of release in a, in a, you know, smaller way, more directly to the press instead of having it get lost in their big booth. Like one of our winners is actually yeah. associated with Nikon, um, but they were at Showstoppers with just this particular product. Yeah. I like this product a lot because I also feel like it is really reflective of the times. Like our office, since the pandemic is now remote, we still have some people headquartered in Iowa, including me, but for the most part, we're all over the place. I've just been working from home. There's been a huge blizzard in Iowa where we've all been pretty much sheltered in place. And it is really tough trying to uh, multitask on a small display and having that extra screen real estate just makes you so much more efficient and productive. So that that seems like a really awesome find. So next up, we've got the Robo Rock S8V Max, and it is $1,600, which is so much, but it looks really cool. And tell us about it. So yeah, it is a lot for a vacuum, although really nice vacuums, they are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of someone who just, who just bought a vacuum, a new vacuum and has two dogs. And so I needed like a really good one. Um, yeah. So, I really liked this one. The V stands for vision. There's actually one that doesn't have the camera and it also um, has like a AI voice assistant. So you can, you know, just like, you don't even have to like pick up your phone or open the app or get up, over, walk over and like press the clean now button. You can just, I think it's called Rocky because it. Um, you can just be like, hey Rocky, start cleaning. Um, but what I really made this smart vacuum stand out, well, robot vacuum stand out to me compared to a lot of the other ones um, is that it can hook up to your home's plumbing um, because it is a vacuum and mop. And like these days they're all like smart and they can tell if they're on like carpet or a floor. And so it'll lift the mop head up or down depending. And a lot of them like self empty and fill and clean the mop head and stuff like that. Um, but I really liked that this one also could hook up into your plumbing. And so it just took, you don't have to really do anything. You know, I imagine every once in a while you might want to switch out that mop head or clean it yourself. Um, although they clean it, I think at like 140 degrees Fahrenheit or like 60 degrees Celsius, something. So very hot water, um, sanitizing it. And, and it self empties too. And so. So cool. Yeah. And then it had, um, just want to look at the picture so that I can make sure that I'm describing it correctly. <laughs> um, you know, it just was like made to really get into all the corners really well. Cause like not a lot of robot vacuums say they do and then kind of don't really, um, you know, uh, we all have trouble getting into the corners when we're like sweeping or whatever. But so I liked that they really paid attention to kind of the downsides of robot vacuums sometimes to like, overcome that and make sure it's really doing the best job. I mean, I, I feel like anyone who has a robot vacuum kind of will end up doing their own vacuuming. 
as well. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like, you know, they're kind of trying to take the steps to limit how much you have to be involved in that because clean floors are nice, but also like spending your time on something else is nicer. And so it's, it's great to have a device that can take care of that for you with like minimal involvement on your part. Well, an issue I have, so I have a Roomba, like a basic model, and uh, the compartment is very small where it like stores the dust and everything. So really, it's not something I can just turn on and leave. I have to kind of babysit it every step of the way, make sure it doesn't get stuck on anything, empty it and refill it because I also I have a German Shepherd. So it fills up really fast with dog hair. So um, I would say even though I still really like having it, having one that could self-empty and then has a mop feature too that can do on its own like that seems totally next level and would really make it make it amazing did it also have um you know features for trying to prevent getting stuck or like by accident getting into something gross and spreading that all over the house yeah i mean i i'm not totally sure about all of those details um but it does you know because it has the camera and and it has the AI, it can, you know, kind of figure out where it's going, what it's doing and map your home and, and like, so know about obstacles and what to avoid. All of these types yeah. of um, vacuums come with like little things to basically create barriers, like don't go here or, but that is one of the downsides, I feel like of a robot vacuum, you really have to like arrange your whole house to make it like robot vacuum accessible. Like we're yeah. talking about getting a new couch and like one of my requirements is it has to be like high enough underneath the couch that a robot vacuum could get under it, which was never really like something I thought about before. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. This like re it's calling it reactive 3D obstacle avoidance. That must be with the camera system, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. And that's why, you know, because like I said, it's the S8 series the S8 Max series, but I specifically chose the S8V Max series because of the camera and what that could offer. Yeah. So next up, we are getting into the augmented reality world. So uh, we've got a headset here, the Sightful Space Top. Tell us about that. That was so fun. Um, I'm very, very blind. Um, <laughs> these very thick glasses on. And so they, they actually had to like, check my prescription and then like give me the right sort of lenses for the the AR glasses that go with it um, so that I could use it without my glasses on, um, which I thought was actually really cool, you know. Um, but you, what it is, is it's basically just a keyboard and these glasses, these AR glasses, and you put them on and then all of a sudden you have like a six monitor display right in front of you. Um, and then you can use the keyboard to like toggle between them and make them bigger or smaller or rearrange them. If I remember correctly, there was like a trackpad. And so, you know, I, I feel like I'd be a little self-conscious in a coffee shop. Um, <laughs> at least you have like the dark glasses on. So you're not just like, like freaking everyone out by like sort of like squinting at nothing. Um, but you know, like talk about convenient, like the ZVEC snap, which, you know, like is very portable. Like you don't even have to bring anything, just a, a keyboard, right? Um, and then you can have like six giant displays 
I'm not sure like the max number of displays you can really have, but that's kind of the setup they had. Um, and so that was really a lot of fun. And, and I wanted, you know, I know we're all really excited about the Vision Pro, but I kind of wanted like some other kind of interesting products that were in the same, you know, in the kind same of related. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is really like what I'm excited about with the Vision Pro, the 3D camera. I'm really excited about just because all the early reviews I've been seeing have been saying how it really, it's almost like you get to like relive your most important moments if you recorded it with the Vision Pro. So that's so cool. But the other thing is for work, it seems so nice to imagine a future that's not all bound by screens and uh, monitors and all that. And so um, that's so cool to see a device that's already making that happen. I, I would love to try yeah. that. And it's interesting because when you think about it, like we have our, our phones now, right? But, you know, I used to own like a digital camera and a watch and, you know, all, like all the different things that everyone's always talking about that are yeah. like, and, and like an address book that I carried around and like, you know, wrote everything in pencil so I could like erase and update and stuff. And, and just the sheer number of things that I no longer have to keep track of because I have my iPhone, I think we're kind of headed that direction, you know, in a lot of these things, um, yeah. just having some AR glasses, like, and then not having to carry like all, like your whole computer set up with you. Speaking of throwbacks to like notebooks and other things, <laughs> tell us about the Clicks Creator keyboard, which is yeah. great. To, to be honest, I was a little skeptical about these, but um, Amy, our managing editor, was very excited about them. And so when I saw them, I was like, well, I have to stop and talk to them, obviously. Um, but it's actually really great. Um, it's, it's a physical keyboard for your iPhone. And so it makes your iPhone a little longer, you know, because you have your phone and then the case goes like just a little bit farther down below it. Um, but that gives you a whole lot more screen real estate. And one thing that I thought was really exciting about it is you can use the iPad um, keyboard shortcuts to navigate on your phone. And cool, right? And and also, you know, it's just like if you have any kind of issue where typing is hard for you on your touch screen, which I don't, I shouldn't have any issues, but I really struggle like typing accurately on my phone. Like physical keys are so much easier and then you know and and i and then i know like someone like my dad has mobility issues like i think this would be way easier for him to use than a the touch screen like he has a really hard time navigating his phone with the touch screen and so i think you know whether you're just like miss having a physical keyboard or struggle using your um touch screen um, this is a really great option. And uh, one thing about it is, unfortunately, it's only available for the 14 Pro and the 15 Pro and Pro Max. Um, but I think, you know, if it becomes more like sort of has some good adoption, I think that like, more models will be available either going forward or, you know, maybe retroactively you'd have to see, but probably definitely going forward. You said um, it is available on the iPhone 15 line, right? iPhone 15 Pro. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So for our smart home lovers out there, we have the Withings BMO. This looks like an interesting device. Can you tell us about it? 
Yeah. So it's basically like you can give yourself your own little checkup. I mean, and, and again, it's the whole like multiple devices in one thing, right? Because it can check your heart rate and your temperature and your, you know, blood oxygen and um, what else? Your blood oxygen, heart and lungs, your ECG. Your respiratory system. Yeah. So it's, it, it says it's four in one. So um, so basically, instead of having to have your thermometer and, you know, that I feel like a lot of people, I didn't even know what these were, but now I own one, like the little, little blood oxygen monitor that you put on the end of your finger and, you know, like maybe you use your watch for an ECG or, you know, you have a lot of different things and you can have it all in this one. And Withings has a really good, like health app you know, where you can track all of these things. And it, it has integration with your Apple health stuff too. So, you know, if you don't want to use their app, then you can like track all that stuff in your health app. Um, and, and I guess you can share the information you get like with your doctor, which is really helpful because, you know, when you're talking to your doctor, a lot of times, like you're telling them, oh, I've been experiencing this or that. And, you know, or I'm, having the actual data to show them versus your sort of subjective experience, which, you know, I advocate for doctors taking your subjective experience seriously, but having like the hard data to kind of back it up and show patterns and stuff, I think could really make, um, it could really make your, the effectiveness of your doctor's visits better. You know, I'm really like excited to see as we get more kind of medical grade devices. I know like so far I've had kind of mixed results with um, some of these devices that have pretty tall claims like blood glucose reading, for instance. My dad had a reader for that, that just the accuracy the accuracy of it was questionable. But um, uh, w- like a lot of our health and fitness devices are really incredible with what they can tell you. And Withings in general is a a good brand. They actually were a sponsor of ours at one point for full uh, disclosure on that. They no longer are, but in general, I've been impressed with their products. I yeah, see I, I find their products to be really high quality and like pretty accurate too. So, and I like see I that says, their app is great too. This one, still, oh, this one still has FDA approval pending. I see. Um, did they mention anything about that? Yeah, I mean, they sounded confident that it was happening, but it's just a process. And so it's not going to be available until that process is completed. And that will take about six to eight months. Cool. So sometime after June, this should be available. Nice. So we have a few more products. Um, we're, uh, you know, probably going to keep this to about an hour. So maybe we can choose. I see you have a couple different audio products, but um, wh- which was your favorite? Jabra or Sennheiser you could tell us about? I mean, I am a long time fan of Jabra. Um, they, I feel like they make hands down the best rugged um, earbuds for working out. Um, but I think it might be more fun to talk about the Sennheiser Momentum True Wireless for because um, I think, you know, like there's a lot of people who work out, but it's fairly niche, I think. And, but, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend working out with the Sennheiser Momentums in, you know, because like, if you're going for a jog, you want earbuds that are going to survive falling out of your ear or you getting really sweaty. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are really great. 
I think like the music quality is fantastic and, and the, the clarity for like, you know, making phone calls and things like that. Or if you're like us, you know, doing like a video type of call is, is really, really great. And really it adapts well for like any kind of background noise. And, you know, Sennheiser always makes really great quality products. Like they've been in the audio space for a long time doing a great job. So. Yeah. We always have fun visiting their booth at, at CES. I've been impressed with like, you know, the different listening experiences they offer. This is cool to see that they, it's an AI voice enhancement like that. It is really cool. Like you mentioned at the top of this episode, like the ways that AI are, AI are being used across the board in so many tech products that are not chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, I think this has been obviously developing for a long time, but like somehow chat GPT just got all of our attention and like the think pieces <laughs> and stuff, but like, you know, companies have been looking for ways to really like customize and improve your experience um, with their products. And I think, and so they've been kind of working on AI for a while. Yeah. I feel like the term I was more used to hearing at CES before was machine learning, but now, yeah. but really it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so now what about the smart telescope? That looked really interesting as well. Un Unistellar? I don't Unistellar, know. right. So what I really liked about this, because there's another play, uh, company, Celestron, which they had a really cool product, but it really wasn't for like made to work with iPhones and things like that. And they came out with a product a few years ago that we covered that was. Um, but this one really is meant to work with, you know, your iPhone or iPad. And what I really liked about it is it, you don't have to really know a lot about astronomy or how to use a telescope to use it. You don't really have to know anything. Although if you're going to spend $2,500, I imagine you'd have to kind of have to have some strong interest in it ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it has its own Wi-Fi and GPS. And so it figures out where you are and then tells you, you know, what is available to view because it knows, you know, like the time of year and where you are and the, and all that stuff. And, and then it, it like finds those things for you and you can look and take pictures and videos. And the cool thing is, um, you know, they, I didn't go to it because it was, I mean, like, I know you're experiencing like sub-zero temperatures and like feet, many feet of snow, but I live in Vegas where it's really not that cold and it was very cold out. <laughs> it was like, and so I didn't go up onto the roof, but you know, Las Vegas has a lot of light pollution. I mean, it's a 24 hour city with just like yeah, big lights everywhere. And they were able to get a really good view of Jupiter in the city with a lot of light pollution. And so you don't have to like drive out to the middle of nowhere. Although I imagine driving out into the desert with something like this would be a really cool experience. Um, really cool. But you can actually just go outside in the city, you know, cause most of us live in cities and, yeah. and see the, the stars and planets. And that is, I think really exciting. Yeah, if they could see Jupiter from the strip in Las Vegas, that is a good sign for what you'd be able to see in a more like remote spot. That's that's awesome. Um, now, what else? We've got this bird 
bird fi hum feeder that was interesting. So and I was really trying to not just find things that like appealed specifically to me, you know, like <laughs> the smart composter or the, you know, like, cause I'm kind of into like gardening and nature and stuff like that. But I yeah. felt like since I sort of became a very beginner bird watcher, I've discovered that like a lot of people really love birds. So I felt like I could put this one in there and not just be doing it for me. Um, and so BirdFi has um, these smart bird feeders. Like we, I chose the one for hummingbirds, but they actually have one for songbirds as well. That basically has, um, you know, place where you put the bird food and then it has a camera and it'll send you notifications and you can take like photos and videos. And the reason I chose the hummingbird one is like, they especially are hard to get a good glimpse of at your feeder because they're just so fast and teeny. Um, and they also have cameras that you can retroactively fit to your existing bird feeder if you wanted. Um, and so I just thought that that was, you know, just a really fun use of technology in a way that like makes you closer to nature, you know, because a lot of technology and then like people in their think pieces and stuff talk about how we're, it's like technology is separating us and like destroying the planet and like, you know, and so I just really love it when there's products that just clearly can like help you learn about and appreciate nature instead um, and feel connected to the natural world. So that's kind of why I chose this one. My uh, soon-to-be mother-in-law will love this. She's like known as the hummingbird queen and keeps multiple feeders for hummingbirds out around her in her entire house. So I was excited to see this. <laughs> yeah, um, they're super nice people too. It's always fun to to talk to, uh, to people yes. who are just so we're really going, We are going to save our last uh, few winners just for our insider section. We have our exclusive section of this podcast for our subscribers. So thank you all so much for the rest of you for joining in today. Uh, we want to know, of all of the Best of CES awards iPhone Life gave out, which are you most excited about? Email us at podcast at iphonelife.com to let us know. If you need to check out what those were again, if you forgot some of the names, go to iphonelife.com slash podcast and you'll find our show notes there. So thanks so much for joining. And Sarah, stick around. We'll go over the last few for our insider subscribers. Okay.